0: EFTM. Tech, cars, lifestyle.
1: This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long. EFTM. G'day, 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 g'day. Great to have your company. Good to be with you, and lovely to be back. Sorry, I took a week off. You get that, don't you? Um, what was last week? Oh, it was Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp—all went down. That's right, and uh, the world ended for six hours and. It was a disastrous place, yet peaceful and without misinformation. Funny how that works. Um, But you know, it was a huge story, and so um, apologies if you're wondering what happened. But I, um, I did post on Facebook that I wasn't going to be able to do a show because I literally just had back-to-back phone calls from radio stations and TV around the country just wanting to talk about that. And um, in my job, I can't say no, um, or shouldn't, or don't. And um, so yeah, we. I had to put it into that. And that's what I always say to you here. Um, I've said it many times over the last kind of six months or a year, but um, you know, it is a, a game of priorities for me. And uh, more than often I struggle with those priorities. So like even right now, the Dodgers are playing and still nil all. So we're okay. It's, uh, Oof, where are we? Top of the fourth. So, you know, this is a, this is a big commitment for me. <laughs> um, but with baseball, as was mentioned in Two Blocks Talking Tech, um, with baseball, it's on all the time. So it's very hard to find time when there's not baseball on and therefore um, a, an opportunity to record. Anyway, we're back. Um, we've got a bunch of calls to get through once again, as always. Plus, I want to talk electric vehicles. And um, I want to know whether this sounds different um, because I want to talk about that gadget as well. But it's all, all happening. Um, but most importantly, as always, you can uh, you can get in touch uh, f- certainly you can leave a review and uh, plenty of people have done that. Thank you to Slade for that most recent one, which I feel like I haven't mentioned. Maybe I have. A uh, question about iOS 15 on the iPhone. Is it true they're scanning for children that are being exploited? Well, that's a very good point. It's been widely reported. It hasn't been implemented, uh, but it's in the States only. Um, essentially, they're not scanning your phone. They're scanning uploads to the iCloud for um, essentially child pornography um, and flagging that. Do I have a problem with that? Partially, yes, because they do talk about privacy in a big way. So it hasn't happened. It hasn't been implemented here or there. Um, I do think they misjudged the impact on their privacy philosophy uh, of that concept. So Slade, um, at this point, uh, no news, no impact, no nothing. But um, I'll let you know if that changes. You could be one of the many who leave a review if you could on the Apple Podcast app. It would be greatly appreciated. Um, it just helps other people discover it because it pushes it through the algorithm and lets Apple go. Oh, this is something we should tell other people about, um, and that's that's why we do it, and that's why every podcaster encourages you to do that um, because it helps. It's simple as that. You can follow me on Instagram at Trevor Long AU. You can find me on Facebook. Just search travelong or eftm, and oh, I'm on TikTok as you well know. Uh, you can search at travelong there as well. Uh, let's get cracking with some calls. And then we'll talk electric vehicles and Tascam, a brand you've probably not heard of before. Unless, like me, you've seen them in the professional audio game. Well, let's crack on with calls. If you've got a question, just go to the website eftm.com anytime and I'll try and get you on the show. If you've got a tech question, that's all you got to do. Go to eftm.com, click on Ask Trev. Kelly did that. G'day, Kelly.
0: Hello, how are you?
1: Really good. What can I do for you?
0: We have a, we're have we in Tasmania, and we have a, a house that was built in 1958 of mm. cinder block and brick. Right. We have three kids ranging mm. from 10 to 18, and I'm a writer, so I work from home. And I'm desperate to get the internet in the back of the house. What What? do I do? We've we've got a Telstra modem and it goes through to half the house and then it just drops out the back. We've tried Wi-Fi extenders and I'm at my wits end. I need Netflix.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You need Netflix, you need internet, and you need the kids to stop whinging about the internet. Let's be honest, right? Um,
0: Absolutely.
1: So I think the the challenge here is um, obviously the construction of the home is always going to be somewhat difficult, but it's not uh, a world ender for you. Um, It's not. So the internal walls, what are they?
0: Cinder blocks—they're all cinder blocks. All they cinder block. are very thick. The actual bricks were made on the property and then wow. brought up and built. That's so. awesome.
1: Like a great no. story, but it's a <laughs> no. great—it's a great story for the home, but it doesn't really help with the, the modern world, does it? No, it um, doesn't. So you know, I—I I think the challenge is we uh, extenders are, are horrible at the best of times, they right? Ten years ago, they were—they were the only thing you could do, but these days there's better solutions now. Yeah. Um. You know, with the construction of the home, it is going to require a, a, more than a normal investment for the average home. Let's be clear, but yep. what you need is a mesh network. Now,
0: ah, so you're talking about the Orbi system, Orbi, Google
1: Wi-Fi, D-Link, Cover, lots of them. Um, yep. I, I recommend Orbi because they've been a, a sponsor for many years, but also because I, I use them. <laughs> They're fantastic. And the thing yep. is, though, the the way it works, if you've seen it, is you've got your Telstra modem. Keep that. That stays there disable the Wi-Fi on it though, because you don't want complicated, um, you know, confusing multiple Wi-Fi networks. Then with the Orbi, let's say you get a two-pack. One of them is a router. The other one is a satellite. The router sits right next to your existing modem and plugs into the cable. And then the satellite uses just a PowerPoint in a couple of rooms away and it receives the signal. They talk together and they distribute a bigger Wi-Fi signal. The challenge is you may need more than just the standard two-pack you may need a yep. three or a four pack, but that investment will change the world, like literally. I mean, how many? Uh, I mean, how many rooms are there in the home from front to back? What are we talking?
0: So we have four bedrooms. Um, we have two living rooms, but the back living room is an extension. So it's actually like wood. It's not the big thick brick, but right. the main bedroom is right at the back, and that is thick brick.
1: And and the modem is right at the front.
0: Yes, it is. It's right yeah. in the family room hooked up to our smart TV.
1: In the family room, which is at the front, and then the, the other rooms are behind that, are they?
0: Yeah. Oh, the lounge room's at the front where the parents escape the children. Yeah. And then the it. family room with the kids is at the back.
1: Okay. And well, the good news is that the, the parents are looked after, right? And you've done the right thing <laughs> by having your you know, your TV and everything plugged directly into the modem. That's awesome. Yeah. Um so I, I do think that you will be blown away by what you get. Compared to what you ever got with Wi-Fi extenders, obviously yeah. there's there's another step there, which is actually to do a bit of wiring um, and to wire Ooh. into the home. But there's a whole other world of pain there in terms of it's not actually going to, you know, stop you needing any of these devices. It's yeah. just going to potentially change the type of device. So if you were to run a wire, you know, up the wall, through the roof and out to the back room, you might be able to find a, what we call an access no. point. But Honestly, yeah, we
0: don't, it's 1958. We don't know what we'll find when we do that. So we don't mm, want to do
1: that. <laughs> yeah, fair call, fair call. I'd be surprised if you, if this failed, but yeah. in saying that, what I need you to do is appreciate that I don't know how many you're going to need. And so the yes. good thing is, look, definitely buy the three pack. Okay, I'm not saying start with a four pack, but yeah. start with a three pack and add on uh, from there. Unless you do the numbers and you find that buying a four pack is actually you know the the obvious thing to do because the the cost of the fourth on top of the third yep. is actually you know crazy money. Um, so
0: do my research.
1: Do, do a little bit of research on price, but that's really the thing is most of these systems from Netgear, the Orbi, for example, they have multiple different levels of system. Each of them yep. can be multiple satellites. So they're they've got let's let's call it the four, the seven, and the eight series. Okay. Yes. The four series, great. Right, does everything you need it to do, it just won't cope with 70 devices at the time. So if you're going smart home and all that <laughs> stuff, to be honest, yeah. that doesn't sound like you. You sound no. <laughs> you sound like you've actually got a minimum number of devices, but just poor connectivity. So I actually yeah, think-
0: Yeah, it's horrible connectivity.
1: I actually think you will probably get away with the basic Orbi system, but then yeah. getting the additional satellites, okay? Yeah. So you will see there's an Orbi, it's called the 852. That's the eight series. It's a two pack. It's 1199. Okay. The, the, I think it's the 452 is what they officially call it. Um, no, it's the 353 is what I'm looking at. $500. It's a three pack. Yeah. Now that three pack will do a big job. And I think what you do is start, go from the front of the house backwards. Don't try and cover the whole house with just the three, Cover cover as much of the house that's that's uh, effect, effective and efficient with three, and then simply add to it to to yep. grow that coverage. But I don't. While I would always, you know, ask you to think about the long term and the bigger picture, and you know, spending more because it's a long term investment. This alone, this even this basic entry level um, RBK three five three for four yep. ninety nine at JB Hi-Fi, that's crazy good value, and it will give you pretty darn good speed in large part of the home. And then you just need to start looking for um, satellites to go with that, to expand that network. That sounds
0: fantastic because if I don't Netflix in my room and get away from twin 10-year-olds and an 18-year-old and a husband, um, I could go crazy.
1: Yeah, totally. I hear you. (laughs) What do you write? What sort of writing do you do?
0: Um, I kill people. Okay. um, okay. Yeah. Cozy Mm. paranormal murder mystery.
1: Wow. Okay. Very good. Well, Yeah,
0: so I get to write death into my books, and I absolutely love it. Fantastic. I I don't want to ask
1: where your inspiration comes from, but that's okay.
0: Uh, I've been married for 20 years, and I have three children. That says
1: it all. Okay, well, you know what? Good news. You get to take it out on pen and paper or in in a word processor. That's that's where it should stay. (laughs)
0: That's what my husband says.
1: (laughs) Good on you, Kelly. Um, Good luck with it. Let me know how you go.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Trevor.
1: My pleasure. And if you've got a question, like Kelly, on uh, whether it's Wi Fi, buying TV, whatever it is, get in touch. We'll try and help you out as best we can. This is the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. day, Nicholas. Good day, mate. How's it going? Yeah, really good. What can I do for you? Well,
2: I spoke to you a couple of weeks ago mm. regarding Microsoft with the Surface laptops and how we had the problem after a laptop that sort of cacked itself up. It was only a cu-
1: couple of years old, three years old, right? Yeah?
2: yeah, it was three years old. And it was, you know, just out of its warranty, yeah. I think by uh, only a week or so, um, just, you know, skinning its teeth there. But we actually, uh, as you know, we contacted yourself and you suggested that it was still within Microsoft's, you know, warranty at least for them to you know, take responsibility of the product. Australian and, uh,
1: consumer law, mate. That's, that's the, it, mate. I bang so, on about it a lot, mate, but I don't hear back from a lot of people. So.
2: <laughs> well, you know what? The funny thing is we I was co- sort of honest um, in thinking that we weren't going to get a proper response sure. with Microsoft uh, doing anything. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how it went for the first couple of weeks. We spoke to them on the phone. Um, we emailed them. We did everything we could. And they sort of came back to us with the situation saying, there was nothing they could do. Yeah. Uh, they sort of just palmed it off every minute they got. They kept, you know, they didn't want to respond. They not want to call back. They just kept palming it off. And yeah. it almost had to go all the way to the Department of Fair Trading for them to actually pull their finger out and go, okay, new laptop.
1: So um, so you weeks, did contact the Department of Fair Trading? Weeks.
2: That's right, yes. And they, and they simply said, Nope, they have to replace it, which they did uh, three weeks later. But it was three weeks almost of... Trying to talk to these people uh, <laughs> to try and just tell them this is a situation mm. for a four thousand dollar laptop. You'd expect that you could at least do something, yeah. um, especially with you know no stores were open at that current time. Yep. Yeah,
1: And and so you've ended up with with uh, with a replacement or a repair. What what do you end so up? So we with? got
2: we got a full brand new replacement. Oh, sick. Um, So much, you know to my surprise after the the way, you know, Microsoft were really trying to hold off. It was a brand new replacement got shipped out um, and they just wanted the old one to be sent back to them, which was no problem at the time. Um, And it worked out fine, but it, it, it was just, it surprised me how hard it was to get, you know, for not even Microsoft, like to the point of them, not even wanting to return my calls or do this or even do an email. It was, it was just staggering to see like they were that stubborn about it and they just didn't want to own up to it. But it took Department of Fair trading and the day later they were all, get Wilson, to a brand new laptop. Wow. So it shows you like I think must, it must be the case that people just give up too early.
1: I think that's the thing. And also, so there's two things about Australian consumer law which, which work at, at for and against people. And one of them is time. I think we spoke about the fact that you kind of had an alternative in play, So it wasn't, you know, a a, a desperate thing. And I think I told the story of my car, you know, I didn't need it done that day so I could hold out. But if you need it replaced, if you need a a replacement phone, TV, whatever it is, um, then, and you can't wait for that, that battle. If you can't be prepared to, you know, fight for a little few months potentially with both fair trading and, and the company, then you're probably going to end up just going, yeah, bugger it. I won't worry about it. And that's how they get away with it. But, the more of us that push companies to do what you did, um, the more they realise at the very front line of customer service they need to take Australians seriously because we're entitled to that um, that support under law. So, well done, you got a new uh, new device, and that's uh, that's a good win. And in the end, um, you well, know, Microsoft keep you uh, as a part of their family.
2: Well, thank you so much, Trevor. It was really look, it was really appreciated. Um, but yeah, I'd just advise everyone, like you know, if you really want to get you know a hold of you know. A replacement or something you have to sometimes pull out the big guns and in that case it was three weeks but i got a brand new laptop instead of paying another four thousand dollars so well done for benefit thanks, all right mate. mate
1: good on you Appreciate Cheers, it. and thanks for getting back in touch thank you cheers buddy and if you've got a question and uh, you want some help just like nicholas get in touch go to the website i'm trying to help i did just to be clear i didn't intervene at all in his query i didn't contact microsoft i didn't go chasing that down i just simply gave him the advice of how to do that himself so that is how you could get results if you have the ability to, to hold off and do that I guess All right, um, if you've got a question, get in touch, go to the website EFTM.com
3: Might sound crazy what I'm
1: about to say but People don't like it, but uh, it makes me smile. Um, that's all. I'm allowed to smile now and then about things like that. So electric cars are continually on my mind, more so because I've currently got one or two uh, in the driveway. Um, and, and I'm fascinated by whether or not I'm, I'm reading the room properly. Here. Um, I think it's safe to say that the electric car market is dominated by Tesla. We know that because they, you know, scaled it to full electric um, production. Uh, faster than any traditional manufacturer has scaled across to electric production, um, and despite the fact that many other brands have many more models, um, Tesla's still the name in electric cars, and everyone else has kind of got to break that trend. Now, if I wanted to buy a Tesla Model Three, you're looking at sixty thousand dollars plus, and you know I think that sixty thousand number is why we see Teslas on the road. Now, my reading is the Tesla. Is still this uh, unicorn in the in the motoring world? It's still this um, you know desirable product. When you pull up at someone's house in a Tesla, it says a lot more about you than if you pull up in a Mercedes electric car, for, for example. You know, I look at my my ten year old who still goes, there's a Tesla." When we when one drives past, even though there's at least five in our suburb, um, there's still this desire about a Tesla. So if I can buy a Tesla for sixty grand. And let's be honest, that's what they're selling. They're selling huge numbers of the Model 3. Then why would I spend $70,000 on a Kia Nero? And that's what I'm driving right now. And I'm really struggling with this question because I like the car. It's a good car. Um, it suffers from things that Hyundai and, and other Kias have, which is this kind of weird, uh, I guess, wheel spin or understeery kind of effect when you you know put your foot to the floor on a turn or on a slightly undulated um, driveway, you know, heading onto the road. There's just this weird feeling sometimes about it. But other than that, it's a great drive. It's a smooth ride. It's fitted out like a normal car. Same infotainment system. It's, it's everything you'd want from a car, right? But it's a hatchback. Now, some would describe it as a medium-sized car. It's still a hatchback. Um, and yeah, the Tesla's a small car, medium. But we're talking about getting people to buy something for $70,000. Now, the Kia Nero is a really fascinating car because like the Hyundai Ioniq, they brought out three models. There's a fully hybrid car, like a Prius, the Kia Nero Hybrid, HEV. There's a Kia Nero Plug-in Hybrid, PHEV, which means it's got the petrol engine um, and you have to fill that up, but it's also got this 50-kilometre range on electric only, and that means for people that drive 20, 30 k's a day, you could never need petrol. Um, You could potentially... Just power it up every night, get it, get more juice in it, and just drive electric. So that's, in my view, the perfect scenario. And that's about a, I think it's about a 60 grand car. 70, and the, the, the hybrid, by the way, is 42. $70,000 gets you the fully electric 450 odd kilometers of range, all the bells and whistles of an electric car. But again, I'm thinking about buying an electric car. I walk into a Kia dealer. And they say seventy grand. Like I've got finance, Oh, I'm going to buy it, and it's going to cost me X number of thousand per month. And I think I can get a Tesla. Am I going to buy a Kia Nero over a Tesla? Who does that? You would have to be unaware of the, the pedigree of Tesla, or even the hype, to ignore it. And I know Hyundai uh, last month announced the pricing for their own I- 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 Ionic Five, which again is a hatchback. I know, it's a, it's a large-ish hatchback. It's a medium-sized car when you look at the wheelbase and the legroom, but it's a bloody hatchback. It's not a Land Cruiser. And I, I know car companies talk about the need for growth here and the need for government support and all this, but I don't want the government being pushed into giving ten grand to people who buy an electric car just so that car companies can charge $70,000 for consumers to only have to pay sixty. And they're pocketing, essentially, government money to grow the industry. I want the cars to be cheaper. So I'm going to follow up with with Luke from BYD, who made that commitment some time ago about his model range in Australia. And I'm going to find out what's happening with that. Because if that company comes to Australia at a price point, they will have an impact on Tesla. And they won't have an impact because of brand recognition or quality, even though they'll be good cars. They'll have an impact on price. T- i just I wanna know if you had if you needed a a car that didn't fit five adults, right? Four adults, and yeah and you could afford to finance a car for 70 grand, would you buy a Tesla Model 3 or a Kia Nero or a Hyundai Ionic five? I think I know the answer. But if you can if you can convince me to buy a Kia, please do so. Cause I've got the Nero Electric for a couple of months. So I'm gonna try and take it Bush, I'm gonna try and take it a month which will be a fun, interesting, challenging, and possibly uh, risky road trip. Um, But yeah, I just don't get it. That's all I'm saying. I'm I'm really struggling with it, and I'm really struggling with why car companies are not being aggressive on price. It feels to me like it's just this push for government to do something, and governments are doing a lot, a lot. They're building infrastructure. um, They're helping with charging infrastructure. They're helping push renewables in, in the energy sector as well. And they're building, you know, charging stations. Um, They're doing a lot, but should they be funding the cars? I don't know. I'm really struggling with it. And I'd love to be convinced one way or another. But we'll wait and see. Let me know what you think, folks. Um, You can email me. Just go to the website, efgm.com. If you're opinionated on it, I'd love to have a chat on the show next week. Um, Otherwise, um, get in touch. Let me know what you think. Trevor Long, taking calls. If you've got a question, get in touch. G'day, David.
4: Hey Trevor, how are you?
1: Yeah, really good. What can I do for you, mate?
4: Oh, mate I've got um, I've got router issues. I think uh-huh. um, I've got a um, I've got an old um, D-Link uh, um, Taipan. I bought it ages ago, but they still you know they still sell them, so it seems to be uh, reasonably modern. But uh, yep. I think I've overloaded it. I think I've got about forty to fifty devices on it, and uh, stuff starts dropping off. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm having to reboot it regularly. And, uh, I'm just wondering whether it's time to upgrade to Wi Fi 6 or not.
1: Oh, look, or, how, how, know, many device, how many devices are modern, if you like? How many devices are likely to be Wi Fi 6 compatible?
4: I, I have, I've had no Wi Fi 6 devices yet, mm. but I assume I'm just going to start moving that way. And I, you know, I was just thinking that if I handle it, you know, obviously all my new devices will be as they come
1: in. So, look, I think the, um, the challenge here is, um, Different, I mean, yes, it's time to upgrade. The answer to your question is yes. Um, Will you see immediate benefits? Maybe. Um, You know, I think that a modern router, so I look at, you know, the way it was drummed into me when Netgear launched their range of uh, Orbeez, for example, was it was a good better, best situation. And basically the the best would cope with, you know, 60 plus devices being attached to it. Um, But they also talk about Wi-Fi 6 being a big component of that. Um, So... You're not going to see the, the the perfect outcome straight away, but I think that the reliability of a modern router, um, they're built to be more capable. Um, but you're always going to have that issue with those multiple devices, and the 2.4 gigahertz uh, non Wi-Fi 6 devices are going to you know live for a long time. What's really going to change things is when we get this kind of cooperation and collaboration between the smart home uh, companies called Matter, which is hopefully going to create a little bit of cross um, conversation between devices, um, Zigbee and all these different protocols, which will hopefully take a little load off people's Wi-Fi networks. But right now, um, not ideal. I think though that your, any upgrade you make today will be beneficial to your everyday performance. It's just a matter of how hard you go, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's really about how deep the pockets are, mate.
4: Well, the, the big thing for mine is it's it, it's business. Like I run my I work from home, yeah, similar to you. And so you know you're working from home. So oh, look, I'm not I'm not afraid to spend a bit of money to get the yeah, thing right. Absolutely. Um, and and look, I've i thought of toyed with the idea of running two networks, so one for my computers and my work stuff, and maybe my streaming telly and that sort of stuff. But that becomes clunky. you know? Like yeah. it's easier everything just chuck straight on the same one. Yep. So 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 where do I look?
1: Look, I think that um I think that. Uh, a mesh system is is the genius way to go right now because it gives you the expansion um, of the the short level communication. So you're not worried about things that are further away from the router, no matter what you invest in. Um, and if I was you, I, I would be. I'd be going straight to the top. I'd be getting an RBK 800 series, which is, you know, the kind that can cope with exactly what you've got on it. Um, it'll build between the devices. It'll build the backhaul that'll allow all those devices to talk to each other and the Internet. Um, and it allow you to have uh, reliability of service on the devices that you need to have. So, mate, I, I would, I, I would advise you to go all in on on Netgear Orbi, and um, and I don't think you'd be disappointed with it.
4: So, well, when you look at the uh, the Orbi, like I haven't, you know, I've heard you talking about the Orbi for ages, and I mm. said, sort of, oh gee, do I need to go mess? So, at the moment, I'm just running the one um, router with uh, an extender, because I don't have really any problems with it. Even the extenders right at the extreme of the house, and I don't, I, I really even need it. Yeah, into was multiple things started to got overloaded, and it started to um, you know, struggle. Yeah, but um, so the mesh system will. So, so how does that work then, and where I don't necessarily have uh, range
1: problems? So, what what happens is you've got, let's say, you got the three pack. You'd have one box sitting next to your current modem, and then two other boxes throughout the home. at, at kind of varied distances from each other, you know, to cover the home. Um, think of them like speakers, and they're only, they're all at the same volume, so. You kind of want to set the volume to a, to the right level that they're all separate enough that you know that you can all, you can hear the sound no matter what room you're in. Um, so The Orbeez
4: speakers
1: as well. No, no, no. I'm just saying in terms of an analogy of how you understand, oh, like if yeah, you yeah. put if you put the first device so far away from the second one that you can't hear the first one as a speaker, then it's not going to work. That's how the the, the kind of conversation between those devices work. By the way, there is an Orbeez that is a speaker. I don't. Oh, it's called Orbeez Voice, and it's an Alexa speaker as well. Anyway, we digress. But you, you stagger them out at, at, at a space across the house. And then they the, the high-end Orbies, the 700 series and the 800 series, have what we call tri-band. So they have one essential, well, like a network of their own that you can't connect to, you can't see, but it's how they communicate. So that's the freeway between each of those devices. So that when you've got a couple of bulbs on on one Orby, it's able to send that information straight back to the router directly. Uh, via uh, via that tri-band connection whereas in a dual band situation the communication between you know the light bulb at the other end of the house and the internet is is part of the congestion of your whole network you know all your devices are communicating with each other including the backhaul between your uh, your routers and satellites so that's why you go, you know, top end and you and you invest in that. I I had a caller earlier who didn't need that. And that was not the the need was just to get you know a couple of TVs and and computers online. I don't think you need that tri band to absolutely achieve that. For her, the solution was just about getting better internet. Whereas for you, you you know what you're getting. You've got good internet. You you just want to replace that, have it future proofed, and also get the best coverage you can get from it. And I think that a you know 800 series Horby system, while expensive, will blow your mind in in terms of how it'll change the network. And I do think it'll have an impact. I'm just not sure it'll be entirely noticeable from day one um, for the for the smarter home stuff.
4: So the tri-band in the Orbi um, runs, so one of the bands, so my current tri-band one has two 5 gigahertz um, bands and one 2.4. So the Orbi keeps one of the the, the 5 gigahertz one or the six and just runs, for, it, runs it. For itself, so that... yeah.
1: Because your devices only need you know either a 5 gigahertz or a 2.4 gigahertz to connect to. And because you've got two or three of these devices around the home, you don't need the the, the spread that the 5 gigahertz um, tries to offer. 4 gigahertz has the the widest spread because it gets the best distance, but then for it also has the slowest speed. So you compromise. So the reason for the tri-band is, the, and you look at any online comparisons between, say, Google Wi-Fi and, uh, and a Netgear Orbi or a D-Link tri-band system, and you'll see that the backhaul, is a, is a critical thing, and and it can really change the performance of the network.
4: Nice, okay. So that's uh, that's where where I need to look. But, I uh, think so. Bad. So um, what about what about capacity, mate? Does um you know you know when you get up around the fifty and sixty devices, is, is that going to be? Are they going to handle that?
1: Yeah, it, the the top end absolutely will because it's capable of it's spreading that load across the 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 devices and the network. Um, And it's built for that. It's built with the number of antennas and the number of Wi-Fi bands that allows for that level of connectivity. They literally spell it out in a lot. You might even find an online comparison somewhere where it talks about, you know, the the 300 series. Look, this is good for, you know, up to 20 devices. And the 700 series, 20 to 40. And, you know, the 800 series, 40 plus. You know, they literally spell it out that way because it's about demand and capacity. and, And that's what the higher end offers.
4: Yeah, And then and there'll be Wi Fi six, so as I get new devices that's start right. You, I don't to run right. And that.
1: and you'll start to get some amazing performance when you start upgrading phones and tablets yeah. and things to Wi Fi six.
4: I've read some way that you can actually upgrade your laptop to Wi Fi six if you want to as well.
1: I can't imagine how that's possible without a dongle.
4: Yeah, okay. So you just buy the you have the, the, the dongle to stick on it. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and I'm not sure you're gonna really notice the difference.
4: Yeah, no, no, that's what i at the moment. My NBN in Armidale at the moment we're getting sort of 100 with Aussie broadband. I'm getting 188, 180 odd megabits a second down. Beautiful.
1: I mean, that's that's amazing, and you should be able to now get that in every part of the home um, when you get a, a mesh system, champ. So good luck with that. Let me know how you go. Let me know. Uh, I mean, look, and the other thing is, if it doesn't work, you've got to take it back. If it's not, if it doesn't improve the network for you, if it doesn't improve that, take it back. Um, but I would be amazed if that happened.
4: Oh, no, that's fantastic. advice. Thanks. uh Thanks,
1: Jeff. No worries, mate. Enjoy, um, enjoy Armadale. Hopefully, I'll be up there uh, in a few weeks once, once we hit 80%. I'm looking forward to the road trip up the New England.
4: Be good. All right, mate. Good
1: on you, buddy. Thank you. And if you've got a question like Dave, just get in touch anytime. You like EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. EFTM.com, the place to go if you want to have a chat and get in touch. We've got a tech question. Charlie's on the line. G'day, Charlie. Hi Trevor. Mate, what can I do for you? Uh,
3: Trevor, my uh, my lovely wife is just coming up to her 70th birthday. And she has recently had a lot of trouble with, with health in one way or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, she had an operation a little while ago on her back. And that uh, amazingly has uh, made her an awful lot better in terms of walking. Amazing. She's, she's out. Walking just about every day. We recently moved into a retirement village in Canberra, and it's located on the shores of Lake Ginninderra. So there's beautiful walking areas. Wow! And, and uh, so she's getting out and about. And uh, she said to me the other day, "Mate, if you can't work,
1: keep up, that I can't help. That's not what I can do, mate." <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, no, nah, I, I I can struggle along, but uh, she she's really keen to to establish how far she's walking and and oh, yeah. you know uh, the the distance covered and so forth and mm-hmm. she actually said to me uh, would would a smartwatch help and I thought geez what a great idea for a birthday Go. so uh, so I've started having a look but I must admit I don't I I, I don't have a smartwatch myself I'm we're a mixed household. I'm all Apple, mm-hmm. and she's all Samsung, <laughs> uh, which works okay. Yep. But we don't have a problem with that. Totally. Um, she's 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 actually techie. Uh, you know, quite quite au fait with stuff. She's a writer, yep. and she uses quite a lot of advanced stuff on her computer for uh, for writing. She's using Adobe InDesign and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's techie. You know, quite competent. So I'm happy to get her a, a you know a reasonably good watch. And I've been looking and trying to trying to establish what might be best. And I thought something in the Samsung range is probably appropriate because that's that's what she's currently using on a both a phone and a tablet. Yep. But uh, having had a look, I'm a bit confused. I must admit, I've I've taken your advice and looked at the JB site. And uh, one of the things that's got me confused is that the Galaxy 3 yeah. is more expensive than the Galaxy 4. Now I I would have thought the four was more recent. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, how can you help me?
1: That's an excellent point. I mean, look, the good thing is that most of the newest features that Samsung have announced in the last year, um, mm. are actually, uh, backwards compatible to the three. So that's probably oh, not a bad thing. Oh, I mean, I, I, don't, I'm just looking at, so, um, uh, you can get a galaxy watch Four for, you know, 450 bucks, uh, I guess for the 44 yep. mil version. Um, yeah. The, the standard Galaxy Watch, though, I'll be honest, the 40mm one um, in gold at 399 like a great-looking device. I don't know why you'd need anything more than that, especially if she's got a bit of style in her life. Um,
3: yeah, well, that's, that's, that's what I thought. One of the other features we really like mm. uh, is that she's – one of her, her health issues is that she has many as disease, which is mm. a balance problem. Okay. and And so I was looking for something that might help if she has a fall. Yes. Uh, now, I'm not sure which of the watches these days covers that. I don't know. It was, but I heard it mentioned some time back, but I haven't heard it mentioned. Well, that kind it's certainly feature. an Apple
1: thing, but it is also on, at the very least, the Galaxy Watch 3, um, the expensive one, as you point out. And it is a strange thing, isn't it, that the uh, Galaxy Watch 3 is still a you know $800-odd-dollar watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Galaxy Watch 4 is going to be more future-proof. Um, it's got a new operating system. Yeah. Um, which will certainly outlive the the galaxy watch three um, mm. i I just need to find out whether the watch four has fall detection I think that's the only reason yeah. uh,
3: I, I, somebody has told me that it does yes it does I mean, I, I've I just haven't.
1: had a quick look um, it does you know detect hard falls um, so I think mm. you're safe with the watch four it's also got all the other you know, steps and heart rate and all those other monitorings that yeah, you would that, want. That, yeah, that's
3: the, just it's basic standard stuff. We're not after. Yeah, you know, I, I think I think uh, the, the big you know bezel of about? the
1: three is is a, a desirable thing for watch people. But in all honesty, all right. if I was buying my wife as a Samsung user, uh, if if your wife was my wife, I would just go the three hundred ninety nine dollar watch for in forty mil. Um, you don't need it. It doesn't need right. to have the the four G connectivity. Um, no. You know, no, that's like true. it's a it's a nice to have, but trust me, it's it's not a must have. Yeah, and, no, she's uh, not going
3: to be making phone calls while she's out and about.
1: No, for sure. so okay. um, you know, it's a great watch, and you will get you, okay. you need to take the time to set up, and she's savvy, so she'll be able to do all that. All the fall detection and and whatnot. Um,
3: right. Uh, what about the the other health features like heart rate and and uh, ECG and all that sort of stuff? Heart I mean, rate, it's not, ECG, it's, not important, it's all
1: there. It's all on the watch for.
3: Really, all yeah. on the watch. Oh, yeah, at four hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah. That's that sounds fantastic.
1: It's madness, really, isn't right. it? Um,
3: yeah. So, and you don't know. Uh, does the three offer any more features? Why is it more expensive?
1: Off the top of my head, I honestly can't think. I know it's a bigger, chunkier um, watch. It's a completely different operating system. Um, it makes no sense to me now that I look at it and think about it. But, um, mm. I'd, but I'd have but to do a, right. bit, a bit of bit of work com- doing a proper yeah. find out if Samsung's got to compare. Um, website that allows you to you know list them side oh, by yeah. side. Um Multiple often effect. I know Apple have that. Um um Watch three and watch four. Um you know I'm just trying to see whether they physically have a, a nice website that just sits them side by side, you know, and and compares mm. them because you're right, it's it's almost insane that um yeah. well especially
3: uh, if the four is more future proof.
1: Oh for um, sure. Like that's my number one problem is um mm. you know the the old Watch 3 is an operating system that will no longer be supported in, you know, a shorter period of time than the one you're talking about. Um, right. yeah. I, I can't, I mean, begging for maybe a battery life issue or something like that, but just charge it every night. Don't wear it to sleep. And I mean, yeah, no, I, I see no reason to buy the watch. Watch 3. <laughs> no, no, well, I,
3: I, I couldn't either. But I thought maybe I'm missing out on something. It's more expensive, but uh, I think
1: for what um, you've talked about needing, it definitely is going to tick the boxes. So I can't see you going lacking, if we, if we can no. put it that way, Charlie. Uh,
3: that sounds fantastic. All right,
1: mate. Good luck. Okay, and um, you, you've been su- it's it's a bloody awesome that she's just she's just coming to her own there, and it's great to hear she's got the got some health back from that operation. And you don't have to think oh, about birthday good. now because you've got that sorted. <laughs>
3: Well, yeah, and, and look, she's not the easiest person to buy for <laughs> birthdays, but but this year, this just fits in perfectly. That's so, perfect. Uh, All right. Yeah. Good stuff. Wonderful. Thank Good you on you, mate. Thanks, thanks for getting really in touch. Anytime,
1: always. And uh, if you've got a question, like Charlie does, um, happy to help. It's a strange one, that. If, you, if you're, uh, I mean, I could dig in, but and, and I may be wrong, there may be something else we're missing there, but it is a quite strange price for the Galaxy Watch 3. If you have an idea as to why, you please let me know. You're listening to EFTM. Mm-hmm. So I'm recording today on the Tascam Mixcast 4. Now, I remember when the Road um, Roadcaster was released, I feel like it's now over two years ago. Um, this was a device, this is very inside baseball because it's not really, you know, a device you might ever interact with, but you might in your work or somewhere else. It's a podcast studio. It's a little mixing desk with four microphone inputs, four headphone outputs, and little buttons that allow me to go like that with a touch of a button. This is stuff that you could only do on radio stations, high-end computer systems before. Um, the Roadcaster was an absolute game-changer for podcasting. And so I saw this Tascam somewhere, and I said to them, hello, hello. Anyway, so they sent me one to try out, and I'm trying it right here. I'm recording this show on the Tascam Mixcast. Now, I'm using my, my not the over-ear headphone microphone. I'm using a proper high-quality Shure microphone and i can tell you that when i'm talking like this i feel like it's fine but billy weaver might be able to help me you hear how at the low end if i don't know how to describe it but it, it kind of dis, you lose everything which is good you have you don't hear noise but then when when noise kicks in there's this kind of clipping of it at the low end i can't work that out in my head i can't find in the settings how to disable it and i feel like that's an advantage you can hear it when i breathe in sometimes it just kind of pops. It just kind of happens. It f- I feel like it, on the roadcaster, they have all these things called AFIX and dif- different processing technologies that they own and, and license. Um, I feel like all that's doing the job. Now, could it be just be me? Am I just, you know, this is the way I talk and deliver? I don't know. But I, do- I doubt if before this moment you noticed much in the show. Put it that way. But let me tell you when you might notice it. This is cool. Okay. Are you ready for this? I mean... You gotta be ready. Okay. I'm in. I'm in the voice changer. I'm in the voice changer. So, if I wanted to get a scammer on the line,
4: I could do this. I could just change the pitch of my voice all the way down here. It's interesting. It's quite interesting, really, isn't it? How we associate this sound with the sound of a scammer. I mean, who's to say a scammer doesn't sound like this? You know, like this is a really cool setting.
2: I'm doing this live on the desk, a little touchscreen, and playing around with it. It feels really weird to do because
1: someone else is in my ears, but it's me
0: saying it. <laughs> Very strange.
1: So I'll turn off the voice changer there for a minute, and then the other one is this one where I can I can be in an empty room. I'm in a small room now. Let's call it a small bathroom. Let's go into a bigger room, and you can hear the, the serious echo there. I can uh, adjust the level of wetness in the room. So cool! Like that's cool. I don't know when you'd use it or whether it really matters, <laughs> but but it's there. All right, that's that's what it is. Um, apart from that, it seems to have everything else that the Roadcaster has. Everything else. So I can't see anything that um, that one has over the other. Has all the same solo mute functions. There is a talkback button. I haven't yet worked out it does and. Maybe that goes, maybe when I'm, um, let me just, I'm just going to mute myself for a minute. Just okay. Just bear with me. Play music to yourself. Myself through a talkback button. I don't know how you'd use that in a little studio environment, but anyway, so be it. Um, look, it's it's good, but I think it's pr- pretty similarly priced to the Roadcaster. um, <clears throat> I'll do a little video in the next week or so. Um, there is a little red light on the back I can see that tells, indicates to people that I'm recording. That's very nice. Simple things. Um, It's good to see another brand in the market because I think the competition is going to help. Hopefully it it helps with pricing. And I think my gut feeling is we're going to see more of this. I think, and I know that Zoom, the people that made the little handheld recorders, I think they're getting into this space as well. I think we're going to see some smaller versions of these, like two channels instead of four. Um, It's called the Tascam Mixcast 4. I assume because it's four microphone channels. By the way, Tascam. Only time I've seen them before was back in the day in the radio newsrooms. Tascam was a brand. I think it was yes, it was. I'm sure um, of cassette deck that the reporters would use to record interviews and you know court m- readings and stuff like that. So back in the day, that was how audio got from uh, the, the outside world to radio stations in you know, a Tascam cassette deck. But those were back in the very old days. There was Morantz as well. That was the other one I was thinking of. Anyway, let me know if you noticed anything about the show or the sound before. I started gibbering on like this. Because if you notice during this, that's just not fair. But I think there is some low-level clipping which I can't quite work out yet, but we'll get there. Anyway, um, always get in touch. If you've got a tech question as well or you want to buy something and you want my advice, just get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com.
0: EFTM. This is the
1: EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Take any calls where you can help out. I'll uh, do my best. Uh, If you want to get in touch, go to the website, EFTM.com, click on Ask Trev, and I'll get you on the show. G'day, Ben. G'day, Trev. How are you? What can I do for you, mate? I'm good.
5: Mate, um, I'm just looking for a, um, a new TV, for, for um, uh, yeah, an upgrade from our old one. Mm. Um, don't really want to spend a heap of money, looking at probably about a thousand bucks. We've got a 42-inch one now that's lasted quite well, a high sense that we've had for many years, um, and it's time for an upgrade. We've got... A fetch box as well. So I don't need any real smart okay. I just need a good screen, yeah. basically. And yeah. and and maybe a sound bar for under five hundred as well.
1: Yeah, so what size are you looking to get? I mean if you've got forty something now, you want to go the same size, you wanna, you know, smash it out of the park and go a bit bigger.
5: Uh, a bit bigger, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I mean
1: look, yeah. mate, for a thousand bucks you can get a TCL sixty five inch TV. I mean, you know, you can get a high sense fifty five, that's you know, pretty solid top of their range. So you probably don't need um, that level. Um, uh, but you su- certainly can get 65s. That's I think the important thing there. Um, well, you know, sixty five fifty five would be where I'd go at that price point. You know, yep. mate, even if you're a JB and you've got a Blaupunkt, which is, you know, not a known amazing brand in terms of TVs, it's pretty much just a store brand. Let's be clear. Um, yep. but it, it's Android TV, but you don't need any of that. Um, <laughs> you, you pretty, it's hard to get a TV that isn't, doesn't have built in smarts. But yeah, then the yeah, ones, yeah. the ones that don't, you know, the, the price-wise, you're better off just getting, you know, a bigger TV, the 65 that I mentioned. So, you know, at a glance yeah. at, at JB's and only looking under a thousand, you know, 65 inch TCL is probably going to be the best value big screen you're going to get, um, mm. and that's going to connect to your fetch and you, you know happy days all the way all the way through. As for yeah. a sound bar, um, you know, whole different kettle of fish really because yeah, I mean, you could, there, there isn't really. Um, very good options under five hundred. Other than your raw basics, yep. Um, so basically a sound bar that is. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Um, you know, maybe two or three hundred dollars. Um, you know, 179 bucks. I'm just looking online. You'll get, you know, a subwoofer and a sound bar for 200 bucks, right? Um, yeah, yeah. And you could probably get one that's the same brand as the TV, TCL, which yep, okay. might help with yeah. some interoperability. Um, but it's not a game changer if you start spending a bit more, you don't really get a lot of features until you spend much more. So what I'm saying is to get essentially the rear speaker experience, you know, something that's got, you know, rear speakers, that's when you start to spend seven, eight, nine hundred dollars. Pretty much everything under a thousand is a single sound bar, um, you know, two channel, maybe three uh, with a subwoofer. So in all honesty, I would get, I would go, you know, bottom of the range there. I wouldn't go crazy. I'd just get, even the JBL 2 uh, is 279 really good yeah. quality, great soundbar. I don't find the need for the subwoofer. I don't think it blows my mind in terms of what I'm doing and what I'm watching. If you're a massive movie buff, maybe get something with a subwoofer for that extra bang for your buck. But otherwise, yeah. the JBL is going to give you that all-round experience under $300, um, yeah, and, you, right. and you, you're good to go. Yeah. The two
5: things, there were another, like, two things that sort of, I was hoping that that really annoys me with the, the current setup we've got. Um, we do have a soundbar, but it's, um with a with a subwoofer, but it's um, like an LD one, which yeah. is great. The sound's much better than what comes out of the TV. But uh, the problem is you've got to use a different remote with it all the time, mm. um, and I don't know if there's any way around that. Um, and then the second thing that that annoys me about the current setup is that um actually yeah the the, the 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 tv is in an area that gets sun in the afternoon mm. and when the sun comes onto it like it, it's not even direct sunlight it's just sunlight in that room when that room gets bright um i've tried everything and i can't seem to get the tv bright enough to to you know be able to to actually see it in in the in the afternoon you've got to pull the blinds down and it's so i was hoping yeah yeah something look,
1: i don't know i mean how old the current tv um oh
5: it's probably six or seven years
1: old but you'll probably find uh all the TVs even in that price range you're talking about are much brighter now anyway um, yeah right so you're going get yep. that you're going to get a reasonable level of that brightness from a, a modern TV um yeah yep. it's it's almost unavoidable though generally if you've got that that glare and and light problem so mm. that that's I, I would only say to you that yeah I mean aside from I don't even know that spending even much more money is going to solve that problem for you, to be honest. Yeah, right. I would think that you know a more modern TV is going to offer a better level of brightness, and that's a good thing. As for the Fetch and the soundbar, do some research on on from Fetch, and if you don't get any answers, let me know. I'll see if someone at Fetch can directly help you out. Yeah,
5: right. But the
1: Fetch can be the Fetch can be set up. The Fetch remote can be set up as a universal remote, essentially. Yes, Um, which
5: we've got for the TV now. We use it for the TV. Like that, but just not the soundbar.
1: Yeah, and so you're trying to to separate the two. So then, in that sense, what I it's it's about how the TV and the soundbar are connected together, and what you need, what you need. Well, so if it's connected via optical, the volume of the TV. Have you changed the settings on the TV? You might be able to try this before you buy the new TV as well. Um, Yeah. If the TV has the deep enough settings, and they may not all. Um, yep. You want to you want to go deep into the settings under the into the menu into the settings into the audio and choose yeah. make sure the audio output is listed as only optical um, uh, yep. because it may be that it's doing both and therefore the remote is only trying to control the TV sound when what you want to do is tell the TV only send audio out the optical or yeah, the course. or the HDMI yeah, right. eARC might be another another example um, if you yeah, get a well, TV and, and a good thing to research on both TVs and soundbars is are they do they have an eARC port Um, or at the very least arc um at that price point you're probably only going to get arc which is audio return channel because with with arc you should only need one remote um and again you need to go into the settings of the tv and you need to tell it that you're using this output for audio and so that way that's what the volume button will do and your fetch remote then will be controlling the volume of the soundbar in, in indirectly because it's the output of the tv
5: yeah, of course. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But fill around no, with that's... your
1: current one, and then do a bit of research on both arc compatibility of the ones you buy, and yep. uh, and you've already sorted the Fetch Remote Universal.
5: Yeah, well, if I can get that sorted on the on the on the soundbar, I'm happy to keep the existing one and maybe spend a bit more on the. Well, um, and that, the, then
1: the other thing to do there is, if the current setup doesn't allow it, then buy the new TV, mm. and you might find that you can adjust that setting better in the new TV before you buy the the new soundbar. Yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, or I'll just keep the existing soundbar and I'll get 1500 for a TV. Yeah.
1: And the challenge there is do, do you know in advance that the that the new TV is going to do what we've talked about? So,
5: yeah, of course. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. the only challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully someone at JB will be able to, or wherever will be able to, um to to let me know before you're, I. You're follow.
1: always going to be dealing with the fact that you've bought a, you know, $100 soundbar. And mate, I'm with mm-hmm. you. I've, I've got one of those. It's great. Like it does the job. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. It, it gives you amazing yeah. sound. So, yeah. uh, whether or not you, you can actually find out, do a little bit more research on one of the TVs online about its audio, look, try and find the manual and and look at what the mm. actual menu settings are. And mm. so, because mm. it'll, it'll give you screenshots of what the menus are and it'll tell you how to control the output of the audio. Yeah.
5: Okay. Yeah. Good luck, yeah, mate. No, Good on you, Translation. Right, Good on you, back Thank to
1: work. You. Okay. Yeah. See you, everybody. <laughs> So, yeah. Thanks for getting in touch. Uh, if you got a question, you can get in touch as well. Just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. Yes, you are. And thank you for listening. I greatly appreciate it. Um, that's the end of the show. Well, not – I mean, there's obviously a couple of minutes to go here because I'm still talking. Got some cool products on the desk here that I can't tell you about yet, but um, I'm looking forward to doing that. Um, um, a couple of things coming out this week. Uh, so you can keep your eye on the socials and the whatnot. And um, I've done some videos of the new Logitech pop keys. Uh, you'll find those on Instagram at AU and TikTok at TrevorLong. Um, very, very cool keyboards. Like the kids want these. They want me to bring them home now that I'm finished with them. They want to bring them home. Very cool mechanical keyboard. Uh, maybe I can turn off the keyboard for a second here and show you what I mean. So here on, oh, actually, this will be interesting to see on, if this works. Yeah. He doesn't love the sound of a mechanical keyboard huh very nice very cool very funky 129 bucks plus dedicated emoji keys that's what people want isn't it dedicated emoji keys folks definitely that's what people need in their lives so (laughs) um yeah some videos of those up now uh on the on the socials uh instagram and tiktok um, had a great meeting with the Stig yesterday because it was Freedom Day. So Stig came to visit and um, we've got big plans for the new year, which is exciting. Um, and we, um, we're we playing golf on Thursday, uh, me and Fennec. So freedom, baby. It's all happening. And following on from Victor Dominello's interview a couple of weeks ago, um, the Service News of the Wales app, we will be linked with the Express Plus Medicare app. Very shortly, I think it'll happen on the weekend. And if you want to see how that's going to look, details at EFTM.com of how Victoria have done it, which is exactly the same. They beat us to it. And good on you, Victoria, for getting that done. I'm glad to see the the whole country is innovating like that. I hope to God Western Australia and Queensland and others are doing the same because otherwise they're going to get left behind and we're going to need that. So fun times ahead, folks. Uh, Stay safe out there. And uh, let's do it all again next week.